You know what? You forgot to work on yourself as an entrepreneur. This is how I ended up leading a company of a couple of thousand people. One of the most important decisions that you will be making in the beginning are the people that you start the company with. You need to have management processes to get the company to the next level. Because Cut. <laughs>just get into product market fit and like starting to scale that growth in, uh, in the future? What is like a typical problem that you get there? Um, well, a typical problem for that phase, uh, but not only for that phase, almost for every phase is to prioritize. So to, to think about what is most important. Yeah. Um, and, and usually when in an early stage of a company, many things, uh, many people will call you, things come at your desk, many problems arise. And you tend, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you tend to give as much of attention to uh, like extending the lease of your office <laughs> as um, uh, making sure that this key core customer is really happy and satisfied. Because both problems are urgent, but, but one thing defines your future that is the key first customer and the other one is is uh, uh, like a little hurdle on the, on, on the way to uh, to growth yeah. so making sure that you put the m m much effort and attention and love into the right problems and and to prioritize that that is key point number one that you should yeah. figure out in that first phase. Okay, yeah. okay, and I guess it extends uh, also to other phases in this case. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's uh, always, uh, exactly, but the, the moment you grow things become easier because mm -hmm. you have more people yeah. and you can have, okay, you do this, you do this and then I will oversee it. And in yeah. the beginning you as an entrepreneur are doing almost everything, yeah. so that's the difference. Yeah, you, you talk about uh, good as the enemy of great. Um, and like obviously a startup or a, generally a company has to be great in some things in my opinion uh, but you cannot be great at everything right so like you know how do you <laughs> see that can you be great at everything in in some phases even maybe when you're super large or or like you always have to prioritize based on the important and not the urgent um, first of all i think you can be great at almost everything in every phase Okay. I, I, and that's that's the bad <laughs> news because there are some companies that, that actually do that mm -hmm. but they have one thing in common and that is they focused already from the from the first start to get the best people in their company and this is where good is the enemy of great is especially uh, applicable mm. uh, you can have like three or four great guy of good guys or girls but one great person changes everything yeah. It, it everything is easy and, and, and even better, a great person in your company, who does he want to work with? 
Without a great people. Without a great people. Yeah. So he brings <laughs> them in, and the moment, and, and, and if you have really good people to work with, everything else is less of a problem and less of a hassle. So this is okay. already where it starts. Yeah. Uh, so you have to make a, a definition for yourself or what, what is important. And the, one of the most important decisions that you will be making in the beginning are the people that you start the company with. So, and so that, that's the first decision that should be great. That is the first. The decision should be that you should not settle for somebody yeah. who you think is okay. Yeah. Because that person who is now okay, when your company grows, the, the problems will be larger, the challenges, and, and that person needs to be able to work in a company that is five times the size of your company right now. Yeah. And if somebody is okay right now, that somebody will be subpar in the next phase of your company. <laughs> so you have to think ahead. And that's your role as an entrepreneur. You are the, the puppet master of your company. You need to think ahead. What will be the company? What will the company be in one year or in three years? Yeah. And you have to hire and but, but those are all very difficult decisions because always you don't have the money. You yeah. don't have the money to, to, to buy the best uh, or to, to buy to, to hire the best guy or girl. You don't have the money to do everything right. But this is why entrepreneurship is so difficult because or else everybody would do it. You have to be smart. So you have to get the, the, the best guy in on, on the best story, on the best pitch that you can give him. And, and the moment you have great, great people in your company, then you know, it's easier to get other great people. When I hired somebody who was uh, advised to me, it was, uh, it was a guy in Spain, and somebody advised me, you need to hire that, that guy because he's really good. And I thought it was way too expensive. Long story short, in the end, I hired him and it made a world of difference. My company went faster, smoother, the clients were happier, employees were happier only because of that guy. Yeah. And, and I m finally made a great decision to hire him. Okay, but then it has to be within a strategy, right? You, like you still have to see, you have to see some years ahead and like you have to try to plan out as, at least as much as possible uh, what the strategy is going to be in order to know who you should hire and also to prioritize. You know. Well, exactly, and this is of course this is what you're responsible for as being the, the leader, the, the CEO, the founder, entrepreneur of the of the company. One of your roles is that you of course have to look three years ahead, and mm -hmm. you have to. But there's many techniques. I also use the technique of creating a very clear image of what I wanted the yeah. company to be in three years. So really clear. So how many how many people would we have? How many offices would we have? How many clients would we have? I made it really clear for everybody that everybody knew what the direction was and that had two uh, positive elements. The first one was that um, within the management team I found out that, that a lot of people had lots of different views mm -hmm. uh, on, on how big we were going to be and the discussion itself made it really clear that everybody was on the same page on what we were going to be. That's yeah. one. Yeah. The second one was because um, of everybody knew the direction, all the micro decisions that everybody took every day or uh, within a company more or less fell that into that direction. People knew we were going to be in Germany in two years. Yeah. So people would already think about contacts, uh, places, offices, clients in Germany. So the, the moment we went to Germany, it was way easier because because we were already prepared yeah. and that's like a subconscious process within the company yeah. and and that only works when you have a really defined um, 
uh, vision of what your company will be like. If you don't have that, I'm, I'm taking too long. No. If you don't have that, you are continuously in battle yeah. with yourself, with your team. Uh, do we do we, we got an, an, a request from Russia? Do we answer it or not? Do we? So you, yeah. you need so, to have that. So first thing to be great at is like setting a, a great, clear, defined vision, which is gonna attract great, clear, defined people, which is gonna then turn into a great company. Well, if you make it as simple as that, it is as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, everything while you are doing that, mm -hmm. everything will change. Yeah. The vision will be will turn out to be something else, and the people will. But without that, it's going to be a mess. It's going to take a lot of time, a lot of effort. It's going to be a lot of sweat, and then you go nowhere. Yeah. At least you need to have that vision or painted picture that's also that, uh, that and then and then i guess in that case like everything that goes towards that vision has to be on the great side of things everything that like doesn't really help or doesn't help as much then is like suboptimal to actually do yes and this is why uh, there's another exercise i've i've many exercises and, mm. and maybe i should explain where i got this all from but maybe later that is to start to at least to have a quarterly review of your strategy, a, mm -hmm. a short review. You have like a one once a year, like really, the, uh, is it exactly, you know, the are, are the facts that we based our, our strategy on? Is it still is it still coherent? Is it is it still true mm -hmm. in terms of client need, in terms of market, in terms of uh, uh, competitors? And but every quarter you need to sort of like review quickly and, and refine. And what you then do is we always used to make a stop start keep doing so what are the things we need to stop mm -hmm. what are the things we need to start and what is are the things we need to keep because if you don't stop things you will only add up processes complexity yeah. so you can only do that when you actually say okay this is not what we're gonna do does does this start at a certain stage of the company or do you want to have it in from the start or because at the beginning you are like five to ten people you're on the same table you basically discuss these things over drinks on friday so yeah and every lunch and uh, yeah so so you're right there are phases um there there's two things first of all you have the complexity factor mm -hmm. and second of all uh you need to have your business model factor um it only works when you have more or less figured out what your business model is. So which problem are you going to solve for who and, and how big you want to be? So you need to have, because usually companies in the beginning, they change a little bit. My company's changed and then, and then you finally figure out what you're going to do. And then the real smart companies only do that <laughs> and they don't do the rest. So this is to keep the stop, start, keep doing. Yeah. And, and you need to do that exercise continuously or else you're going to add complexity. So yeah. that's one. The, the first one was the size of the company based off the amount of employees. With five or ten people, it doesn't really matter because you as, an, as a founder entrepreneur, you know exactly what is going on. You know who's talking to who, you know which, uh, which process needs to be um, done first in your, in, in your new CMS or which, you know, you have a good understanding. The moment you start growing after eight or ten people, complexity adds. And now you need to have more of a system and a, and a process uh, in terms of responsibility, in terms of KPIs, in terms of priorities. Yeah. So this is where the whole thing starts to change. And this is also the moment where the entrepreneur himself needs to change from like a leader 
co-worker into more like a manager, which, yeah. is, which is a bad word for many entrepreneurs, but you need to have management processes to get the company to the next level. How do you set these like, goals? Like, do you, uh, you know, obviously, like in my opinion, a goal should be you know, reached about 80% of the time, otherwise not as ambitious mm -hmm. as it could be. Um, but then do you look at external, like external factors, how much external benchmarks, how much are other companies growing, or you know, do you set your targets based on your ambition, based on your funding, based on your uh, you know, business model and sales cycle? How do, you, how do you look at setting those strategies? Okay, so how do you look at setting strategies and the, and the priorities with that? Yeah. Great question. Well, first of all, the exercise you need to do first that's the one that I just shared with you. Mm -hmm. You create a vision of the company uh, in like three years. Together with the team, together you create, you create like a perfect uh, vision of what your company could be. And that's just based on your ambition and your internal... Not only ambition, but also you look at what the size of the market is, what are competitors mm -hmm. doing, uh, what is the client need, how many... Uh, but you look at the, you look at the potential of the, of the market. Mm -hmm. And then you agree that this is what you can be in three to five years. This is different than like the BHAG, the, the, the big hairy audacious goal. Like this mm. is your dream goal. Mm -hmm. You know, Equidon wants to be the largest in the world uh, for, uh, well, it says here <laughs> to measure, track, and, and grow business value for startup companies around the world. That's the BHAG. Yeah. That's great because that's the, like the magnet for the future. But the three to five years assessment is you create a real clear picture of, of, of what you will be. And that is based upon the potential of the company. Mm -hmm. That is different than trying to uh, build your um, uh, strategy plan based upon where you are now. Because in the first situation, you look at the potential. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the second situation, you look at your limitations because in, you say, okay, we, we are doing like 2 million, but we know how difficult it is uh, to get uh, salespeople or to get developers or to... So this is why creating a strategy based upon your, uh, your limitations always ends up in growth of 15, 20% instead of 50, 100, 200%. Yeah. So what you then need to do, you need to have a clear view on where you want to be in, in three to five years. And, and then you start to calculate back. Yeah. And then you then figure out, you know what, we can never grow to our potential unless we, will, are, we are able to scale in three or four countries, to get a sales team of six people, to get uh, developers. And yeah. then what you're doing is you're focusing on solving the constraints of your growth. You're, so you're, you're focused on solving them because each question, okay, then how, in which country need, need do, we, do we need uh, developers? Uh, is it in the Netherlands? Is it in in the Ukraine? Is it in so so you yeah. you solve that problem and then you solve the problem. Okay, how are we going to get them? How are we going to pay them? How are we going to communicate with them? You, so, you you solve it differently instead of starting with your limitations. You start on, on the potential. So you unleash uh, growth by removing limitations instead of like sort of trying to engineer it and, and work on what you have right now. Exactly. And the point is, it's a syst systematic process. It is not like, okay, okay, we're going to sit, we're going to solve the problem. It's a systematic process. Yeah. It is like, it's like a it's very logical. smart, logical thing to yeah. do. Yeah. And then what you do is you figure out, okay, what is now the most important thing that we need to solve for this quarter? 
because what's happening in a year you don't exactly know or in two years you don't exactly know the only thing you can do is is what is the what is the must win battle what is the most important constraint that we need to now resolve yeah. to get to the potential yeah and there's two different things you have the regular business but these are the things that are important to get to the next stage. So for the regular business, you have your KPIs and your growth and your sales and, and your activities, your marketing. But this, these are the things that you need to do to get to the next level. Yeah. So that requires special attention, special responsibility and also a special KPI. And I guess it's also the way to limit the, the risk of growth as much as possible. Right, because still, like choosing an ambitious, you know, growth strategy that like expands you to several countries and you know wants to get you to like a unicorn startup or or things like that has its own risk compared to like keeping on doing your regular activities, growing 15, 20 percent a year, and being sure about your bank account. And true, like and and uh, the other thing is, while running your current business, that is always more important. Than, than working on the thing that is now less urgent, but impo more important for the future. This is what we started our conversation with. And then what happens, the moment you start working, you open your laptop every morning, all the mails come and the clients and the questions. At the end of the day, you have not worked on what is most important to get the company to the next level. And yeah. that, would, that means that your company stays at the level where, where you're in. In, in. But in your experience, do you have like, do you have two departments, like one that focuses on like making what you have already going and the other... It's not only expanding. departments, it's more responsibilities of people. Yeah. So it's not like you, you separate, this is today's business and this is future business, but you, you make sure that you identify the things that are most important for the company to reach its next goal in line of what you want to be yeah. three to five years in line to the big hairy goal that you have for like for 20 years. And then you decide, okay, finding let's say finding uh, a, a, a person that can help us with starting a development office in Montenegro mm -hmm. that is like the key thing we need to solve now or else we're never gonna have a development office in six to eight months yeah so you appoint that you identify the priority you appoint that to a person and then you make it something that everybody holds that person accountable for so everybody knows that that is that is very important so you, you create a sort of like a collective knowledge and a collective insight in what is most important for the company. And that person will have a KPI that is, for instance, the amount of calls that he made to potential people. So you, and you put it on, on the board. And so you have like three or four different of those priorities. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is exactly how, how every meeting then uh, is started. Okay, what is the progress on those priorities? Yeah. So everybody knows what's going on. Instead of, so you make it smart, you make it measurable, you make it, you make it clear to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Okay, and I guess these processes then, when the company is smaller, like they're gonna be easier as well. Like you probably don't need to put it on, on the wall, like everybody knows anyway, because you're meeting and having lunch every day. No, but still they should I would be there. always put it on the wall. Okay. I would always make it very clear and visible. Uh, and so there's absolutely no question in everybody's head what is the most important thing our company needs to do right now? Okay. Is it something in marketing? Is it hiring the next uh, person? Is it uh, an, an update on the system? The more, the more um, insight and commitment 
you create with the whole team, the better it is and the smoother things go. When do you think the strategy gets too risky and when do you think it's not like worth pursuing and on the other hand, like when it does get too settling and you should take more risks? Yeah. How do you decide on well, that? Well, that is dependable of the size of the company because mm. if you're like uh, five to ten people, it is all in, right? It's, it's, it's all in. You cannot, you cannot. If you start growing, uh, what we used to do is always uh, make sort of like bets. We, we knew that if we wanted to grow the, the pace that we wanted to grow, we needed to have, we, we, knew, uh, we called it uh, pots on the stove. We knew we need to have like little projects that could turn out to be larger projects. We mm -hmm. would always have some money available for those, uh, for those projects. But then, but then how do you set that growth? Like the, the initial, like you said, if we want to reach that growth then, but like, how do you set it? And like, according to how you set it, you're probably going to take larger risks or, or, or smaller risks, right? Yeah. And that has to do with the, the, the market challenge and the amount of competitors, mm -hmm. because in every market, you have some sort of a game, you have some sort of, you need to be the number one, two or three, right? If, if you're not, you're going to hyper specialize. And then in the end, you're going to be pushed out of the market or your margins will be very low. So every market has, has a winner. You want to be the winner of your market. Um, and, and the market is like defined by your sandbox. Sandbox is, okay, what is your region and what are your peer groups? So you have, so you don't automatically compete on the global market or, or, or maybe you do. I think you guys do. Yeah. So. Um, in the end, you want to be one, two, or three. And if you're if you're not, you lost the game. And in the end, your company will evaporate. So the whole point is you you create the risks versus uh, input and challenges towards um, the, the the chance and opportunity to become uh, one, two, or three. If you don't become one, two, or three, then it's worthless. If you have a goal of like making a long-standing global company, you should aim at one, two, three. You should set your growth and set your um, fundraising yeah, exactly. needs and your and it, your things to get to that position because that's the only way in which your company is going to be sustainable in the long term. Exactly, because if you're number six or seven, you're going to be in the end you're going to be sold to a quarter of what you had in mind to to another competitor. Do you think do you think it's easier to? Uh, to get to five, six, or seven, and then become the best, the best, or you should like aim at being the best and do all the things to actually be the best. I I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it that number five in the end became uh, number one, unless it was like sort of a reverse takeoff where number five had all the great technology of the future. Number one had the market. Number one bought number five. And then with the technology of, of number five, number one became even uh, even larger. And is, also the is lead that what happened to your company. I, you it's uh, it's very uh, very comparable to what happened to, uh, to one of our <laughs> companies. Um, but um, so so it so you have to identify which game are you in. Mm -hmm. um, and in my vision of growing a company, yeah, you're in a, you're in a game that you need to win, yeah. or else you know. You could just go to work and go home. Go to work, go home. No, it's 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 a game. It's yeah. uh, you need and you need to be you playing, make, <laughs> make the, the smart moves. Yeah. To uh, okay. To um, but what do you sort of look for in a, in a, in a founder at the stage of like a five to ten people company uh, that is about to make the big you know growth step? Like how do you 
how can you forecast if that person is going to be able to do the changes in his behavior, in his <coughs> capabilities? Yeah. From well, I, I think you already mentioned the, the key word, and there was uh, the Harvard Business Review published a, a report on this: why entrepreneurs don't scale. And they listed all the reasons why they don't skill. They're in their comfort zone, like normal people. They're in their comfort zone. They, they, they only know one trick. Uh, they are way too loyal to the first round of employees that they have. And this is why they, uh, they, make, uh, they are working already uh, too many hours. So these are all the reasons why they don't skill. But the, the uh, article ended with one paragraph. However, there's a portion of those entrepreneurs that does skill. And they have one thing in common. And that is a thirst for learning. And, and the learning, of course, if they, if they read, if they have a mentor, if they talk to other entrepreneurs, uh, if they continuously try to improve themselves, they will bring themselves to the level that is necessary to lead a company of 25 people. And then to lead a company of 50 or more people. And th those things require different skills. Yeah. And if you keep on doing what you did when you were 10 people, you will never grow because your top people will go away because you are in their way you will not grow so you as an entrepreneur need to grow first yeah the bottleneck is always on top of the bottle <laughs> the uh well, it's, it's it's very interesting to, to hear about these things and i think people like can really learn about you know and they should at certain stage already be prepared for the next one but uh but it's always harder when you're inside these things i know where but, you did but you the whole point is i was inside prepared? yeah so I, I worked with my first company and we grew the first company um by working 90 hours a week and i loved it it was not like a prestiging i love doing it and then somebody kicked me in the in the butt and he said, you know what, you forgot to work on yourself as an entrepreneur. Then I got myself educated by, through a course on how to grow companies faster. And I thought, wow, why didn't I know this earlier? Yeah. And, 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 and then I taught myself to read more, to read more books, management books, and to continuously improve myself. And this is how I ended up leading a company of a couple of thousand people. And now you're making your own books as well. Yeah, well, I, I wrote my book. <laughs> I, I wrote my... Uh, uh, also to help as many other entrepreneurs to, to keep in mind that they are like the lever, they are the pivotal person to have their companies grow. And, yeah. not, and not their staff and not, it's, it's, it's them, it's, 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 it's you.